0: If you're visiting with us, again, I want to tell you that you're welcome here, and we're glad to have you. I want to use one verse of Scripture up front this morning, my favorite Scripture. I've used it a lot over the years. This morning, it fits perfect. My favorite Scripture is John 3, 16. That Scripture says, For God so loved the world... That He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the words of Jesus. My subject this morning, I think you can understand why I read the Scripture when I give you my subject. My subject is love. The love of God is something else. He loved us he loved us enough to send his son to the world send Jesus to the world he came here and was abused three and a half years during his ministry they give him a hard time and he is going everywhere doing good things healing people and even raised some from the dead. But God sent Him to the world that all of us could be saved. He loved us. He wouldn't have sent Jesus to the world if He hadn't loved us. I want you to think about it. Jesus was in heaven. John describes that golden city, a city of gold, fifteen. Hundred miles wide on every side and fifteen hundred miles high thereabouts. A gold city, a wall around it, two hundred something feet high. Precious stones, three gates on each side, and they are of pearl. It's a place where everything is just right, and Jesus was there before He came to the world. He was there in a place where everything was right. He was enjoying the glory of God with God the Father because He was God as much as the Father. But He left heaven, left all of that. He came down here, just coming down here and being away from that wonderful place and being away from the presence of the Father for Uh, uh, 33 and a half years that was a great thing within itself but He loved us and then He went to Calvary and He bled and died because He loved us we ought to remember regularly that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit they love us And their love is hard to imagine. I had a neighbor during the years of the Vietnam War that had a son in Vietnam. I came in from work one day. And my wife told me that there had been a military car up to my neighbor's house. And we discussed that and both of us believed he'd lost his son in Vietnam. Turned out we was right. That night friends, neighbors, and church members belong to the same church I did, Rocky Mountain. And several neighbors joined in. They came to that house. People inside and people outside. They were mourning over their son and we mourned with them. That was an awful thing to lose a son in Vietnam. But remember, God gave His son. In the Scriptures, one of the greatest things that was asked of anybody When Isaac was a young boy God said to Abraham Abraham Go to Moriah And offer Isaac as a sacrifice It would be difficult To ask anything harder of that Of you than to Offer your son as a sacrifice But Abraham He traveled to Moriah Moriah is the temple mount Where Solomon built that a great temple. He came to the Moriah and there he was going to offer Isaac as a sacrifice and the angel stayed his hands. There was a ram uh, hung in the bushes and he offered that uh, lamb ram instead and <clears throat> went back home with his son. But what a great thing he asked of Abraham. Go to Moriah and offer your son as a sacrifice. We cross just a little piece there from Moriah. There's a hill called Golgotha. We call it Mount Calvary where Jesus gave His life and God gave His Son. I want you to think about it this morning as I preach on love, what what it means God's love to hoard us. And if you're lost today, I want you to think about uh, what it means that God gave His Son for you too you can be saved today because he did that i want to tell you this morning that we ought to love god's law several of the psalms say, talks about loving god's law we ought to love god's law Every commandment that He's given us, we ought to love it. Not because the law could save us. The law didn't save us. Those of you who saved the law didn't save us. And if you're lost, the law won't save you. But we ought to love the law. You know the scribes and Pharisees, they thought they could keep a law, and boy, they were goody good. But they didn't never tell anybody about their sins. And stand on the street corners and pray long prayers to be seen. Jesus said there was a Pharisee and the publican went up to the temple to pray. That old Pharisee prayed, told God how good he was. The good things that he was doing. And then he said that he was thankful that he wasn't like that old publican. The publican was a tax collector and they were despised by people. Uh, But that old publican, uh, Jesus said, he stood afar off and smote up on his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You can't depend on the law saving you because You're a sinner. You have transgressed the law of God. And no matter if you kept the law perfect from this day forward, you wouldn't be saved by the law because keeping the law from here on wouldn't take care of the sins of the past. Listen. The Apostle Paul said, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Solomon said, "There's not a just man up on the earth that doeth good and sinneth not." Ezekiel seven twenty. Not one just man up on the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. That's what he said. It's written in the Word of God. Isaiah said, "All oh, we," Isaiah fifty three and six. He said, "All, oh, uh, we like sheep." We've gone astray. We've all turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. About 700 years before Jesus came to the world, Isaiah wrote those words down. When I was in Israel, the book of Isaiah was on the walls in Parliament Building. Isn't that wonderful? As wonderful as that is, they don't understand the scripture that I just gave you. All of us are sinners. We, like sheep, have gone astray, and the Lord's laid on Jesus iniquity of every one of us. Yes, all of sin come glory towards the glory of God, but John really lays it on. First John one and eight. Says, he said if we say we have no sins, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Since we are sinners since we have broke the law there's no way on earth that the law could save anybody because all every last one have broke the law. There's a young man a young ruler coming running down to Jesus. He said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? See, Jesus could see this man's heart and he could see yours. This, This young man thought he was good. So Jesus said to him, why call me good? There is none good but God. He ought to listen to that. What can I do to inherit eternal life? He had said. Jesus said, "Keep the commandments." Jesus said that to him because if you could keep the commandments from the time you was born till the time you died, you wouldn't need a savior. But you haven't done it; you can't do it. So everybody needs a savior. Jesus knew this man's heart and what he was thinking. He told him keep the commandments, and he said, "Which one?" Jesus started. Uh, in the commandments He said these I've kept my youth up He had not Notice he didn't say I broke one I broke one one time No these I've kept my youth up He had not And I'll guarantee you That young man knew he would sin somewhere Because he's claiming he knows the law But Jesus tried him with the first and second commandment. In Matthew 22, the lawyer asked Jesus, which is the first and greatest of all commandments? He said, the first commandment of all the commandments to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. He said, the second is likened unto it, to love thy neighbor as thou say. He tried that young man with those two. That young man had many, many possessions. Jesus said, he said, what like I yet? He kept the commandments. He said, what like I yet? Jesus said, go sell what you have, give the poor, and come follow me. I think that's both commandments, first and second. And Jesus said in Matthew 22 that all the others hang on those two, meaning without love of God and love of the neighbor, you're not keeping your commandments. Keeping the letter ain't fit must be kept out of love before they're kept there must be the right reason for keeping them before the law is actually kept keeping the law won't save us but we couldn't have been saved without it have you ever thought about that no you couldn't have been saved without the law Without the law, you would have never known that you were a sinner. You would have never known you had broken God's will if we didn't have His law. The law ought to be a blessing to you because the law let you know that you was a sinner. The Apostle Paul said, I was alive without the law. But the commandment came, sin uh, arrived and I died. It means he becomes separated from God. He knew that he was lost. That's the way it works with people. It's by uh, the, uh, the law that we know we've sinned. We couldn't repent. Except you repent, you'll all likewise perish, Jesus said. We couldn't repent if we didn't know we would sinned. And we wouldn't know we had sinned if it hadn't been for God's law. Brothers and sisters, we need to love God's law. We know to love the Lord's church. Yes. It's a special thing. Had you ever thought about it? The Lord went to Calvary and died, but if he hadn't established his church and commissioned it to go into all the world, we would have never heard about what he did for us. We could never have believed in him had it not been for the church that's in the world. The church, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, it's the pillar and it's the ground of the truth. It's the truth. And the the church of the living God, the real church, has held up the truth in all ages of time. Seems like when they persecuted, the more they did. That's right. You know you can read the book of Acts and you can see how the church uh, the new church that was hadn't been around very long, how it was operating and how they were persecuted. The apostles lost their lives all but John and the country, All about them. Isn't that something? But you know there were thousands then saved. The church has been alive in all ages and it's been upholding the truth and it's still here today. This church is the Lord's church and it's still upholding the truth. We ought to love it. No, I don't believe. If the Lord hadn't established this church, I don't believe we'd ever heard. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I hear some preachers preach and they talk like God just sticks faith in you or something. That's not the way it works. Faith comes uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But we'd never heard it if it hadn't been for the Lord's church. You might say, well, I heard it from a fellow that doesn't in, in one of our churches. And I got saved. Yeah, but somewhere down the road, somebody told him it'd come by the way of the church. Guarantee you. Jesus established his church and sinners in the world, and it came. It's told us. Yes, faith comes by hearing the way it works. As the Lord leads the preacher to preach, gives them the message to preach, and the Holy Spirit induces it with power, he gives you a of somebody to witness to, and you go witness to them, and it endures your witness with power, the Holy Spirit makes it real to them. Actually, if they will listen, if they'll take it in, the Holy Spirit will make a believer out of them. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Paul said, Our gospel comes not to you in word only, but in power, and in power of the Holy Ghost. It takes the power of God The preacher can't do it. Nobody can do it witnessing. But the Holy Spirit can take what the preacher uh, preaches and he can make it real if you'll listen. Won't turn it away. Church is a wonderful institution. There's nothing equal to it on earth. There's many of them. I was in a revival a little church one time and did had hunt an older preacher. And he was—he had been preaching things like uh, the things are so bad that we can't do nothing. Listen, I'm telling you, when things are bad, they did more than we do now. Seems like most people think it's worse now than it's ever been. It's not close. What if you'd have lived during the Bible uh, Holy Roman uh, Empire? Scholars say fifty million out of about died during the Dark Ages under them. You hear me? Fifty million people died because they were carrying of the gospel, and with that many people to die, they were reaching out, and because they did, they couldn't kill them all. Bless the church in that day and age that was taking the truth out there. We wouldn't have got it had they not. We have a few shootings today. That's been in churches. But that ain't nothing like it was beforehand you know they used to burn people to stake in London, England? That's right. Anybody that disagreed with their religion, they burned burn them to stake. The last Baptist, real Baptist that died in England burned at stake. They put him in James. that had this Bible translated. He had him burn at the stake, and they put him to the stake and, and set the fire on on fire. And he started mumbling, and they thought he was denying his faith in order to go free, and they took him down. 1612, they carried him back. He wasn't denying his faith. 1612, they carried him back and burned him at the stake. Burned him till he died. It's been bad since then, but it's got better all along. Folks, early America was against the law. I ain't talking about this United States, that's a country. But early America before our country was established, it was against the law here for Baptists to preach. Did you know that? They were persecuted here in this country. We're free to die. We're free to die You can preach, I think, in three fourths of the world today. We ought to be doing it. The church is a valuable, valuable institution. We ought to love it. Jesus gave a commandment. He said, I give you a new commandment. He gave them to his disciples, to his church, if you please. He said, love one another as I have loved you. Boy, you're talking about a big commandment. Boy, I believe there's a lot of love in this church. But it's hard to love like Jesus did, and eh? boy, that's 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 getting down there. That's really that's really loving. Uh, But we need to love one another like Jesus loved us. And I told you how he loved us. Isn't that wonderful? We need to love one another. I kept thinking about this. and As I think about it, I think whether I ought to tell you about it this morning. But I'm going to. I had an uncle, I loved him. I think he was a good man. But when I was about 10, 12 years old, he and another man who I'll not call his name, they both led singing. And they were jealous of one another. And that jealousy caused friction. And each one saying words to the other that they ought to say, and one thing led to another. And it caused a great problem between them. And then a lot of people in church took sides, and it caused a great problem in the church. Now I'm telling you, like I remember, I was 12 years old. That's bad. Instead of the church taking sides, they should have excluded both of them. They didn't When that was the height Of the thing North Central Telephone When they went into business They put up locust posts for Telephone Wasn't too long after that They started taking them down And selling them And putting up Post like they put up today folks. my dad and uncle bought some of those posts and I was with them and we was going out through the road picking up the posts that they bought and we got in front of that other brother's house and he came down to the road where we were at my uncle and that brother that man they started discussing their problems they began to shelling down the corn that both of them was wrong. They began to apologize to one another. And, and they got that fixed up, look like. This is on which the association has mentioned. Up. They, they seemingly had got everything fixed up. And look, everything looked good to me. But the revival was coming on. And they began talking about when they, they needed to go tell a church, and they agreed on that, but the, uh, one of them thought they ought to tell it before the revival, and the other after the revival, and they got into it again. They got into a big row right there, and they were right back where they started before that bud woke up. Now, that kind of stuff is nonsense. I thought it's nonsense, foolishness then, and it's foolish today. I was just about 10, 12 years old. But I thought that was foolishness and I still remember it very plain. You do foolish things and your kids are going to remember them. We need to love one another. We need to walk in harmony. Be in harmony. It makes a difference Uh, when there's a, a love in the church and people come in and they can see that love. It means a lot to them. And this church will mean a lot to them. That's a wonderful thing. If we if we walk in harmony, we love one another we will. We love one another like Jesus loved us. But there's no doubt about it. We need to love one another, folks. We need to love one another. There needs to be love in the home. Paul says in Ephesians 5, he said the husband must be the head of the house. That might, uh, might be hard for some of you sisters, but uh, he didn't just say that. You see, he went on and he said the husband was to love his wife like Christ loved the church and died for it. If a man loves his wife uh, like Jesus loved the church and died for it, he's fit to be head of the house. And he ain't if he don't. If he don't love his wife, he ain't fit for nothing. That's the way I feel about it. I feel like that's the way the Lord feels about it. We need, to, uh, love one another, and so we need to love one another, as uh, husband and wife. We need to love our wives, and they need to love us. He said the wife is to reverence her husband. Thus, she's to have utmost respect for him. If he'll behave himself and love her, he will. That's what I think. The Lord's blessed me with two good women. I married my high school sweetheart right after we got out of high school. But I want to tell you, I was young, but I prayed about that. I believed she was the right one, but I prayed about it. And I felt like the Lord was letting me know that she was the right one. And so we got married. And it turned out, just like I thought it would, he was the right one. He was special. He loved me and I loved her. We had two children. He was a good preacher's wife. When I first started preaching, I told my wife and my two kids, you know, they're about like this, and I told them, I said, when I say something that's not right, Something's not right. You tell me about it just as soon as we get in the car and start home. And boy, from that day forward, as soon as I got in the car, they were just like this. My kids and wife, too. One day, my wife was telling me something I'd done it wrong, and my son was telling me something was done wrong. My daughter was sitting back there and she was kind of quiet when they hushed. She said, and he said a thousand all. I said, Lord, have mercy. Boy, I slowed down. I was preaching fast. I couldn't get my breath what I was doing. And I slowed down. And what, that helped me. They helped me. They're getting on my case. And I wanted them to. They may have went a little further sometime than I thought they were through. <laughs> but they helped me. My wife, her name was Pat. And people respected her. And she was good among the churches. Lived with her 31 years. She came down to LLS. Lou disease. Doctors told her when they told her what she had, they told her she probably had a year, but she lived four years. The last two years were terrible. They were really bad for her. She got so bad that I sold my business and I had to take care of her all day long, all night I was there. But I loved her. I wanted to do that. I had to give her a bath. I had to clothe her. I done her hair, and you know what? I got a big head over that. We go places and they brag on her hair. And I thought, boy, <laughs> but you can do things when you have to. But she passed away. She passed away. I was alone. Boy, it was a lonely time. I was by myself. I prayed about it. I wanted what I had before, and I prayed about it. While Pat was sick, Alice's husband had the same disease. And we had a mutual friend, and he had told them about us, and they came to our home. That's how I got acquainted with Alice. But after Pat died, sometime after that, I was lonely, and I wanted what I had before. Before. I'd pray to the Lord. There was women calling me, little Hactor dated me. But I said no. But the Lord told me, impressed on me, that Alice was the right one. I'm telling you young people before you get married you pray to the Lord you know it's the right one. If the Lord says it's the right one I'll tell you what right now it's the right one. I've tried him twice and it's been the right one both times. Well after Pat died after a while I had a wheelchair that belonged to Floyd that she had loaned the path and I carried her wheelchair home. We talked about not long after that I felt very strong that she was the one so I called her and wanted to date her she was kind of slow but she, she agreed we began to date one another and it wasn't long Well, I think we were deep in love. I left her and she left me. This day, fifth day of July, we've been to 33 years. And I've loved her and she's loved me. It's been a wonderful time together. I'm telling you, if you pray to the Lord, He'll show you which one is the right one. I had it to do over? Yes, I'd do it again. I did it right. I did the right thing. Well, Alice has been a good preacher's wife. She too. Thinks I need to correct it, she'll correct me. And a good preacher's wife will do that. She can say things to you that other people couldn't say. I'm thankful that she does. She's good, been a good preacher's wife. She had a good relationship with the churches that I pastored during that time. In fact, one church, when I was going to leave, several of them kindly agreed that I could leave any time I wanted to. But she couldn't. Huh? Well, I knew they loved me too, but uh, they were joking. But the, they loved Dallas and wanted her to know it. I believe every church that I pastored during. Over time, loved her and loved her deeply. That's a wonderful thing. How have a preacher's wife like that and people love it. It makes all the difference in the world. It's all the difference in the world. I love her dearly this day. I tried to tell her, and I tried to show her. I probably don't do enough of either one. But it's important that you love your wife. Love her deeply. Let her know. Show her that you love her. Do the things that you need to do. Or oh, you need to love your family, your children. Tell them about Jesus. Bring them up in church. Teach them the right way to go and the way things not to do and the things to do. Teach them what's right. And be commanded but don't overdo it, it so they rebel. Oh, so to be sure that you didn't do that. But if you bring up your children and nurture admonition of the Lord, it'll make a difference in their life. If you love them, it'll make a difference in their life. And I believe you do. You do. Help them in church and teach them at home. And they're not saved, there's a good chance that they'll get saved. And then they'll love the Lord. And they'll love the church. It'll be a wonderful. Wonderful thing to see children saved and walk around and unite with the Lord's church. A wonderful thing. I, I think the subject that I preached to you this morning is an important subject. That we to love. We need to do a lot of love. A lot of love. Let's love one another. Let's love the Lord. Let's let's be there for one another. And pray for one another. Work together for one another. Serve the Lord. Seek his will in everything. Boy, if we'll love one another and seek his will in everything, this church, this church will be real good and do real good. I believe, I've already said, I believe we have left here in this church. I don't, I don't know if anybody hates somebody else. It could be, but I don't know whether it so. But I know that there are some that love one another. And that's wonderful. I appreciate, appreciate you listening to me today. I hope I said something that will help you in your life. If you're lost, I want to talk to you for a few minutes and at the same time talk to the saved. We need to love the lost, you see. They're on the road to hell. We need to love them. And if we love them like we need to, we'll witness to them. And we'll. We'll do the things that we can do. We can't save them. We can't save them either. But the Lord can. We need to work with them and labor with them. Reach out to them and help them in any way that we can and every way that we can. Hell is real. Jesus compared it to a furnace of fire. Or you take a big furnace and open the door and look in there at that blaze. be awful for somebody to be in there. Well, hell's worse than that. In Revelations 20 and 15, it's called a lake of fire. Imagine a lake of fire, then in a huge lake of fire, burning, burning, awful. I've often thought, and I've probably told you, I remember preaching on hell, probably told you that it's a lot like the sun. Oh, the sun's 93 million miles away, but you can get a sunburn. I tell you, the sun and stars are not hell. I'm not telling you that, but there must be a place somewhere similar. And that's one thing, fact, that that proves to you that God can make a hell, an awful place, to spend eternity. I ought to take that word back, spin. You won't spend it. You'll be there forever and ever and ever and ever. We have time here. Everything begins with a point and ends with a point. Our life begins at birth and ends at death. Uh, but listen, eternity is just the start for us. There is no end. That's terrible when you think about people going to hell like that. We need to love all souls and reach out to them. I'd like to have a song. Uh, if you're lost this morning, I want to give you an invitation. I'd love to see you seeking the Lord this morning if you're lost. Because that's the way you find the Lord is seeking Him, seeking Him, searching for Him, and you find Him. You need to repent of your sins. That is, turn from your sins to the Lord Jesus and trust Him. You need to do that. And do that today. Do that. When you trust Him with all of your heart, He'll save you. Let's we'll stand together. And us. If you're lost.